February 28th, 2024. We're in Masechet Bava Kamandaf. Yod Chet Amud Bet at the very top, on the first line. And the Gemara is in the middle of dealing with this Ba'er Rava, the question that Rava had. If you recall, on Amud Aleph, the Gemara said, Ba'er Rava, Hatzinezek Serorot, Migufo Meshalem, Ome Aliyah Meshalem. That was the question of Rava that we've been struggling with over the course of this sukya, and that is uh, when a person is to have an animal who, uh, go, which goes ahead and, uh, for example, flings pebbles and damages someone else's goods. Such a situation, that's what we call halachal Moshe Misinai, hatzinezek serorot. Even though that's regal, it's the normal way of the animal walking, it happens to have flung pebbles, uh, the halacha, and therefore should be liable full damage uh, payment. Nonetheless, the halacha, the Moshe Misinai is the only pay half. And when you're paying half, how are we qualifying? How are we determining that half payment? On the one hand, you might say that it's like the other half payment. What's the other half payment that we have? That's what's called a shortam. Shortam has a particular halakha. It's only mishalem migufo, which means to say you don't pay a penny more than the value of the animal which is paying. You're paying half the damage. You're not paying more than the value of the damaging item. If the animal is worth $200, even if it caused a million dollars of damage, it won't pay anything more than $200. That's the angle to say that Hatzinezik Zirorot will be Migufo. On the other hand, whoever heard of, whoever heard of a normal damage, meaning Regil, that pays Migufo. There's no such thing. If it's a normal way, we should say that the owner was responsible for watching over this in a full sense. The Torah, for some reason or another, is lenient and allows Halachal for him to pay half, but when it comes down to it, you're going to pay half and nothing more than the value of the animal? Absolutely not. If it was worth a million dollars, even though your item's worth $200, you'll pay $500,000. That's what we call Minha Aliyah. That's the Safik of Rava. He doesn't know when we talk about Hatzinezik Serorot, I can compare it on the one hand to normal Regel, I can compare it on the other hand to normal Shortam. Which one is it? Migufo, Shortam, or Minha Aliyah, like regular Regel? And the Gemara deliberated, went back and forth, has uncertain about it, and Alan, as, although we will clean things up in terms of concluding, the Gemara is far from uh, leaving confusion behind. And says the Gemara here at the top of the Amud and Bet, as it pushes forward in attempting to solve this question, the mystery of Rava Ela, Kika Amar Bil Azar. So one more detail we need to include, and that is that we cited on Amud Aleph, we cited from a Mishnah. The Mishnah said the following. Mishnah later on says, "Hakelev shenatal harara vehalach legadish vehachala harara vidikat hagadish." And the circumstance is such that an, a, a dog picks up a cake with a, uh, a coal and walks over to a gadish, an area where there's grain or hay, places it down, eats from the uh, cake and from the uh, biscuit. And for the biscuit, it's a chiyuv of shen. Of course, he's paying full amount. What's he paying for the gadish? In one way or another, it is considered serorot. It's either because we're talking about the fire which spread to the rest of the field or because in the moment where the animal place that uh, coal down, it flung it down, and that will be like serorot. One way or another, we're talking about a hayuv of nezek of serorot. Hachamim say in that Mishnah, you pay half. Rabbi Lazar says you pay full. Uh, this was what was being brought in our Gemara to solve the issue of Rava because, lots of details here, because the Beraita explaining that Mishnah says, 
that everybody agrees you're paying migufo, you're paying from nothing more than the value of the animal which damaged. So one more time, we're bringing as evidence, as proof to Rava's question. Rava wants to know in a sirorot situation where it's a normal way of acting in terms of damage, but you're nonetheless paying half, are you paying min ha'aliyah, half of the full amount, or nothing more than the value of the animal? It's what we call migufo. We think we have a solution. The beraita, the beraita is mahlok, rabil azan hachamim. The beraita, excuse me, the mishnah, the beraita says it's migufo. Migufo, that's it. Says the Gemara, wait a second, if you recall, we talked about this yesterday. According to the bil azada, you're paying the full amount. You're paying the full amount and nothing more than gufo? No such thing. It doesn't make sense. You've never heard of such an approach. It doesn't make any sense. According to Sumchus, that Sirorot is full nezik, you wouldn't say, once the Torah tells you you're paying, here's the logic quite simply, once the Torah says you're paying full damage, there's no leniencies attached over here. We're not bought, nothing more than, no, no, you're paying full damage means this was your responsibility. Therefore, the Gemara scaled things back. We're still trying to figure that out. In the deflection of that Beraita, in saying that the Beraita is not actually revealing to us that Sirorot will be Migufo, we need to explain why Rabil Azar has Migufo. Says the Gemara, Elakika Amar Bil Azar, Nezek Shalem Kegon de Iyaad. So the Gemara suggests this angle of deflection and interpretation, and it goes like this. The mahloket, the dispute between the Bilazar and Chachamim. One more time, they're talking about the dog that throws the, uh, the coal, or the coal which spreads. And mahloket about full or half, but nonetheless, it seems everyone agrees, nothing more than the value of the animal who caused the damage. How do you explain that mahloket? How do you understand it? Their dispute really, we're going to explain and read in a moment from the second interpretation of Rashi, if it wasn't complicated enough, Rashi says, I have two interpretations. The first is difficult, the second one I think is clearer, but I'm left with a question, says Rashi, on my second interpretation. We're going to work with that for the moment. Rashi uh, says the mahlokit here in the Gemara goes as follows. We're talking about with regards to the dispute on the dog that throws or puts down the coal, it's a mahlokit about Sirorot in general. Sirorot, the pebbles, by regel, normal action of the animal as it's walking through the street. Time one, half nezek. Everybody agrees, even the Bilazar. Time two, half nezek. Everybody agrees, even Bilazar. Time three as well. Time four. What's then? That's what we're talking about in this Beraita, what's called Mu'ad in Regel. What do I mean by that? We've heard of these concepts, we introduced them early in our Masechet, we find them mentioned in Torah and Parashat Mishpatim. There's something called the Shortam and there's something called the Shor Mu'ad. We only refer to those concepts by Kerin. We say Shin and Regel are Mu'adim Mithilatam. Adam, Mu'ad le'olam, etc. When it comes to Kerim, when it comes to the abnormal way of damaging, the atypical fashion, there I say the first three times the owner is technically not liable perhaps, but we're going to make him pay half so that he's vigilant. But in the scheme of things, it's only by Kerim that you got to time number four, and now you say he's obligated full amount. What about this fancy thing called Hatzinezik Serorot, the mystery of the first two Perakim of Masech Bavakama? For some reason, the Torah, the Halakha is that when it comes to the pebbles that are flung, it's a little less direct, you're paying only half, you're not paying whole. How does that work? Forever? 
Your animal's just a flinging animal. It likes to kick pebbles as it walks in its regular, normal fashion. And it's done it five, six, 50, 60, 100 times. You're always paying half. Or does at a certain point, after the first three times, we find out your animal is a pebble flicker. And as a result, your animal's been warned enough, your animal now is past the stage of it's now a mu'adan sirorot. Suggest the Gemara, we're reading it according to Rashi, this is the way it works. According to Hachamim, once a hatzinezik, always a hatzinezik. No such thing as mu'ad. Regular, normal fashion of walking. What, are you going to warn me that my animal shouldn't walk in a normal way? No such thing. If my animal is paying half, even though it's walking in the normal way, always paying half. According to the Bil'azah, no, it's a bit different. Bil'azah says, you have to be more vigilant. I don't know, the streets have more pebbles, your animal flicks more. You have to realize, and as a result, that's the mahlokit between Bil'azah and Hachamim. What's that? Why not? Apparently, apparently, the... I hear what you're saying. Yeah, my, no, no, he's saying, yeah, he's saying my example's not good enough because my example, the way I said, the way I rationalized Mu'ad with regards to Sirorot is you're watching the way your animal walks. He's saying it's not the way your animal walks over here. It has nothing to do with it. You're right. Difficult to, difficult to wrap your head around the logic then why there is Mu'ad. In fact, Rashi will, well, we'll see. Yeah, a good point on Nathan. Yeah. So, now, that's the key thing. So, uh, before we address uh, Judah's, uh, um, Nathan's question, so Judah now hits on the point. So, we now have, we said, that both according to Hachamim and Rabbi Lazar, you're paying migufo. Those were the words. How did this solve anything? And we got jammed up. We said, but according to Rabbi Lazar, you're paying full amount migufo. That's not the way it works in Shor Mu'ad of Kedin. When Shor Mu'ad of Kedin hits its fourth time, and now you're paying the full amount. I don't care how much my animal's worth. What does it mean over here? How did this solve it? We're now using a concept we ended the day with yesterday, according to Rashi, and injecting it over here. And that is Shor, uh, excuse me, Tzad Tamut Bimkoma Omedet. That's right. My animal, says Rabil Azar, although it's already forewarned three times, and the fourth time now it's Mu'ad, it's never lost its original identity. The animal has half an identity as Tam and half an identity as Mu'ad. Oh, what do you mean? It means I'm paying the full amount. However, I quantify or I determine the full amount based on this animal. I split it. On half of it, I say the item that I damaged was a million dollars, even though my animal's worth $200, $500,000 straight up. Can't get around that. On the other half of my animal, where the other half is coming from, it never lost its original identity, but it needs to pay half. So, ooh, but it's still short time. Short time, how much does it pay? It pays half. How much is the value of the animal? $200. I don't pay a dime more than $200. The guy makes away with $500,000 and $200, right? That's all he's going to end up getting. No, 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 it's gonna be, it's paying half the damage, paying half of the damage, not half of the item. So that is how the Gemara, how the Gemara is now deflecting for Rava, you understand, it got intricate within intricacies, uh, the Gemara so now is saying, he has Tam and Mu'ad in case of Regal, that's how we opened the day, right, that was the statement over here. Now you have to nestle within, how did that answer the question? I still don't understand why you're paying me gufal, the answer is, he still is maintaining Sad Tamut bim Kwamao Medit like Rabbi Huda. What's that?
Straight tam from beginning until end, migufo hatzi. Yeah. Now it's the third time. It's the third time. So you're paying half the value of the animal on two sides, on my mu'ad and on my tam. My tam side needs to pay half of what it, oh no, no, not half the, not half the damage with up to the full amount of the animal. Good. The other half should be paying 500000 as well. But since you can't go more than gufo, so you pay whatever the value of the animal is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, not half the value. Gufo, the value. So this is the concept that we saw yesterday. It's this Hidush of Rabbi Yehuda, which we're injecting over here. Tzad tamut bimkoma omedit, which means as you get older, you didn't replace your younger sense, your younger self. You just grew your younger self out. So half of you is still tam, and half of you, not you, the animal, is mu'ad. So on the mu'ad side, you're paying full amount, minha aliyah. On the tam side, half of it, you're still paying half amount. But if your animal is worth very little, you're not paying more than gufum. The Rabbi Huda, uh, we'll have to we'll have to deal with it when we get there. You want to say Tom doesn't leave him, then it's Tom. We'll have to get there. I, I hear you. I, I I don't remember the makor. I don't know if it's easy sevarata swallow. We'll see it in the Mishnah. Well, the whole idea of the one is is you bring the one, you're not bringing the animal. Whatever the animal is, the owner's responsibility. Good. Good. Has nothing to do with the dog. I understand. The point is, how much do we make? How much are we expecting the owner in goring to be liable? We've assumed, we've assumed until now, until we got introduced to this interesting, peculiar approach of Rabbi Huda, that three times, khalas, stop with babying you, now you're a big boy, now the owner is responsible. The alternative way is, no, no, listen, we're now making you more responsible, not entirely responsible. Don't forget, this is still abnormal. It's still atypical. I've been a herdsman for some 50 years of my life. I've never seen something like this. All of a sudden, four times, okay, four times I'm paying a lot. Rabbi Uda says, I'm not paying full. You're asking the same question of Judah. You're saying the Sevara, the logic of Rabbi Uda, how we have to deal with it. It's in a Mishnah later on. Which is the other argument now. Because if I, if I go for the fourth time, I want 50 off too. <laughs> well, you're saying now I want, I want full time. No, no, but the Torah says you pay full amount. But the Torah says you pay full amount. Yeah, okay. No, no, according to the Bihuda, every time you hit number four, oh, we always, Tzad Tamut Bim Koma Omedet, in Kerin. The question is whether we're applying that Teregel over that's here, that's all. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, what, that's when he says it. He says it in the context of Kerin. Now, if you have an expensive animal, so you end up paying the full amount no matter what. But if your animal is worth very little, I understand the question, Jeffrey and Judah, the logic over here, what's that? Yeah, even Mu'ad, you won't actually pay the full amount. All right, so if you take a look together at the left-hand side in Rashi, it's a long Rashi because Rashi takes you through his first approach, and then he gives you what he calls Lishna Harina, which he says is the Ikar, for purposes of simplicity. Ha. Um, I want to just read the Lishna Aharina together with you, which is the way we explained it, maybe to clarify it a little more. Lishna Aharina, if you look at the Tosafot Hecha, and you travel your finger all the way across the page, it's right there where it says Lishna Aharina, the second word in Rashi. The first word on the line is Ha'aliyah, the second word is Lishna Aharina. Do you see that? So Rashi is, again, he's giving you two approaches to the 
the Gemara. The second is the one I suggested. I want to read it with you, realize his question, read Tosafot's answer, and then move on in the Gemara. Lishna aharina ela. Now he's quoting the Gemara. Lishna lashon means a version, means the wording of the Gemara, the way they explain the version of the, this interpretation. Aharina, different than the first one. So here's his second approach. Ela bidi'ayad bisrorot ki orhayo. Okay, so you can already, if you're reading sensitively, but I'm not, I'm not uh, doing it right now. He's telling you that over here, the mu'ad um, is ki orhayu. In other words, this was a regular regel, one, two, three, not a keren where it moved the coal. That was his first approach. Rather, it was a keren, it moved the biscuit with the coal on it, put it down. It was a normal way. It was not keren, it's regel. Ki orhayu telatazimne. Telata means three times. So you did a regular regal serorot three times. I know, Nathan, it's hard to, I, I agree with you because I said, so it's right, you, you can talk about something called mu'ad, um, the animal gored enough times. All right, it's a wild animal. You could talk about mu'ad by serorot, it flung pebbles enough times. Over here, you're going to tell me that the animal, if this is the case, it's one thing, but I can't imagine. The animal picked up coals four times with the, with, uh, with the biscuit. I imagine it means you had some sort of sirorot four times. If it's sirorot four times, you're not really forewarned. These were all funny cases, but they are the derech of the animal, and as a result, this is the mahlokir bilazar savar yesh ha'ada'a lisrorot kishar hatsi nezikin, shibain al yedeha ada'a liklal nezik shalem, hainame shetahilato hatsi neziki iyaed. So Rabbi Lazar says, this is like any other case, i.e. Keren, where you started as half and you made your way up to whole. You got warned three times, chalas, we're not babying you any longer. You're now up to nezik shalim, nezik shalim by sirorot, never heard of such a thing. Says Rabbi Lazar, absolutely, you were forewarned, you should have figured this one out. Umigufo, here's the words we were referring to, atzad tamut, period. You're supposed to pick up on what those words mean. And when are you paying migufo for what are you paying nothing more than the value of the animal on the half of it, which it never outgrew its younger tamut sense. Kach shama'ati, Rashi writes, this is what I heard as the interpretation to the Gemara. Ve'ikar, and this is the right approach. This is the foundational approach to the Gemara. Now Rashi concludes this with a question. He says, aval kasheli kevan de mi'ikara have orhe Va'afilu hache, oh, it's the opposite question, how do you like that? Well, Jeffrey, it's the opposite of you. Va'afilu hache, hatsi nezik meshalem, mali hadzimna, mali me'azimne. Says Rashi, effectively, my question is as follows. He says, it's one thing when you tell me the animal did abnormal actions. This is how I responded to you. Did abnormal actions Time one, time two, time three, each one of those times. Hatsinezik, it's atypical. Time three, you finished with that. All right, now we warned you three times. Now you're going to be Hatsinezik Shalim. That's what the Torah is telling you. Over here, it was a normal, typical way of damaging. I know it sounds funny to say a biscuit with a, with a coal on it is typical, but in the way that a biscuit and a coal, an animal would interact, that was typical. The flinging of the pebbles, that's typical. That's what we call regil. Time one, Hatsinezik. Why? I don't know, the Torah told me that. But it's, it's a regular, Torah told me that. Time two, 
Time three, is, am I getting more responsible? You were just as responsible at the beginning. Torah told me that. Now time four, you're going to say, it was typical from the beginning. For some reason or another, the Torah told me I pay half nezik. You're going to tell me within regal, which is typical, and the Torah nonetheless is lenient on you. For some reason, time four is going to be different, says Rashi. It's hard, hard for me to wrap my head around this. It's one thing when I, the Torah is, so to speak, saying this was a warning. This was to make you more vigilant. This was, okay, now we're making you nezik shalim. Over here, you're supposed to know better from the beginning. In a regular regal, if my animal tramples into your yard, I'm paying a full amount. The fact that it flung some pebbles, uh, the Torah for some reason bumped it down because it's not my direct, I guess, my direct action. Why would you distinguish between one, two, three, says Rashi, four or a hundred times? That's his question on this approach in the yeah, Gemara. So that, that, makes, that makes sense of yeah, right. Uh, Judah, uh, you, you understand. It's generally speaking the opposite. Uh, Rabbi Uda happens to say it in the context of kidding, but you're saying it ironically makes more sense by regal. Uh, so I, I gotcha. Um, should I articulate that? I'll, I'll articulate it quickly. Uh, Judah says it makes more sense now, at the very least, the question of Rashi opened our eyes to appreciating more that we're saying this animal didn't lose its original identity. Jeffrey asked, it didn't lose its original identity. Three times, Dachilak, you did. Remember the first three times as well, it wasn't doing anything, I as the owner was not doing anything quote unquote so wrong, uh, excuse me, anything right. I was 100% wrong. The Torah nonetheless had some sort of leniency on me. It was merciful, it made me only pay half. Why, I don't know why, oh, that, that's not lost. Whatever was part of this animal. Again, it's hard for us to understand why the other half changed, but now we understand why the first half would say the same. Understood. Listen, Tosafot at the top, bottom of Daf Yot Amud Aleph says, and they try to answer the question. So, three lines from the bottom in Tosafot. Once you tell me it's the normal, typical way, that's what Rashi's question on this approach was. Says Tosafot, it's not really a question. This is the Jeffrey approach. Right. It's. I hear what you're saying. Maybe it doesn't get bumped. Rashi says, I can't imagine it getting bumped up because I don't understand why it was bumped down. You say, I don't know. I, I don't understand why it was bumped down. So for sure, if I have an opportunity to bump it up to compare it to Hatzinezik of Kirin, I'll do so. And by the way, Judah, Judah therefore says. The best way, ironically, to end on this is with a Rabbi Al-Azhar with Sadhamut bin Koma Omedit. It's like, I bumped it up, but come on, I'm going to keep half of it as as, as uh, time. Humans, you, leave, leave children, leave children from... No, 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 humans, there was never a leniency. And there's a child who's a less thing than adults. I had the child in me. No. No, because the only reason a child is patur is because he doesn't have dot, because his brain is not developed. The animal hasn't changed. You're saying. I hear you. It's the owner. It's the owner. The fourth goring, the Gemara now is saying, according to the Bil Azar, 
Where, not like Goring. Goring? Goring. Goring, that's the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. With Goring, the Torah says on number four, you pay full amount. The question is, full amount from what? The Torah seems clear according to the rabbi's understanding, full amount, whatever you damage. Says Rabbi Yehuda, whom we're injecting over here, nonetheless, that full amount is split. Half of it is actual half. The other half is nothing more than the value of the animal that damaged. Yeah, not yeah, yeah. No, no, no uh, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. No, you're not always going to do sinorot. Why? So don't take your animal to their property. That's what regular as well. Shin as well. Trampling. Regular is. Zerorot uh, is just, if not less common than, than trampling. But, but it's, more than, it's more than pebbles. It's anything that, from the regular, normal activities of the animal, caused it just a little indirect. Yeah. Because it's less direct, because... You're saying because it's less, because it's less common. I hear you. Okay, as, as I said, I'm sorry, Al. I wasn't going to make it clean per se. I thought I'd maybe make through it, but uh, let's try. Elakika Amar, back to the top line. Elakika Amar Bilazar, Nezik Shalem Kigon Di'iya'ad. Ubeha Kamiflege. And this is the Mahlok Rabbi Lazar Hachami Mor Savar Yesh Ha'ada'a Lisrorot. That's the opinion of Rabbi Lazar. You'll make it up to a, a full payment for even Sirorot. However, why did the Beraita say you're paying me Gufo? On the Tzad Tamut is what we explained. Rashi gave us those words. Umor Savar, this is Hachamim and Ha'ada'a Lisrorot. You're paying half from beginning till end, 150 thousand times doesn't make a difference you're always paying half and what are you paying of course migu for ela had the says the gemara it's a nice approach we just have a difficulty in suggesting this for rava because this whole concept again which we opened the class with today of even by regel serorot you can make yourself up to muad Rava was uncertain about it. Jeffrey Gindi was pashut about it. Rava said, not so sure. Once it's already the typical action, and the Torah says we're lenient on the owner, it's not that it was, we want you to be more vigilant, we're training you. It's not that you don't know yet. You should have known from the beginning. We're nonetheless lenient. Says Rava, maybe you never make it up to 100%. But rather that which Rava had a separate difficulty. If Rava hasn't had enough difficulties, here's another one. Yesh ha'ada ali sroroto in ha'ada ali According to this, Rava should have been poshet. He should have solved his safik, his doubt about whether when it comes to sirorot, when it comes to the indirect, typical uh, damage of an animal, whether it makes its way up to full nezik, even if we're accepting the opinion of hachamim, that hatsi nezik sirorot, well, he should have been able to say uh, easily, he could have matter-of-factly said, that's a mahlog dispute between Bilazah and Hachamim. The fact that Rava did not say that proves to us that Rava's understanding perhaps is not in line with what we suggested. After all, this whole question is coming to answer Rava's issue. Uh, well, uh, we're not going to suggest something that he may have not wrapped his head around. Amar lecha Rava ki mi ba'aya li lididi Says the Gemara, I think it's the last stage here, well, second to last stage. Says the Gemara, Rava 
explained, or the Gemara says he would explain, my question, my issue with regards to whether you pay migufo or minha aliyah with sirorot, whether you pay the full value of damage or nothing more than the value of the animal which damaged, I was really only questioning this. We saw this comment already once before. Um, I was really only questioning that if we maintain like hachamim, that sirorot is bumped down to half. If sirorot is from its inception full amount, I never really had this question. Uh, so again, when did I have this question? I only had this question according to the Hachamim who disagree with Sumchus and maintain that Sirorot is Hatzinezik. I wanted to know do we make it like Keren Shortam or do we make it like regular Regel? But he suggests now. Ben Rabbanan Ben Bil Azar, he says, my reading of that Mahlok Bil Azar and Hachamim is Kisumchus Sevira Lehu. Deamar Sirorot Nezek Shalem Meshalem. That Mahloket, the dispute in the Mishnah later on by the dog, which put down the, uh, uh, the, the biscuit, or ate the biscuit, put down the, the coal. Everybody over there maintains like the minority view. What's the minority view? Hatzinezek, Serorot, no. So, uh, like Sumchus, Serorot is Nezek Shalom. Oh, one second. And as, uh, right, right, right. No, no, we said it is Serorot. No, 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 no. This case, this case, we're keeping Serorot. We tried to turn it into a kid. We're going to try to win it in a second. At this point, we're understanding that that case was Serorot. It has the biscuit in its mouth with the coal on top of it, and it walks and it places the biscuit down, and, excuse me, places the coal down and eats the biscuit, right? That was the case. Nezik Shalem on the biscuit, that's your question. Nezik Shalem on the biscuit, but for the Gadish, Hatsi Nezik, according to Rabbi Al-Azhar, the full amount. So one second, says Rabbi. Both of them are of the opinion, like Sumchus, that Sirorot is Nezik Shalem. Oh, did you hear your words? What are you talking about? Hachamim just told you, Hatsi Nezik. Why is it then that the Hachamim said Hatsi Nezik? The case is, we're turning it back again, twisting it one more time. It's kidding. It's kidding. Back to, as AB called it, direct. We're redoing the case one last time and suggesting, according to Rava, that the case which we cannot wrap our head around, uh, not only about the halakha, but about the mitziyut, about what happened over there, is that the animal picked up the coal directly with its mouth. What do we call that? Atypical, abnormal, not the regular fashion. Kidding. And therefore, Hatzinezik, according to everyone. Ooh, if that's the case, well, what do we talk? The Mahloket over there in that Mishnah then is nothing more and nothing less than Rabbi Tarfon versus Hachamim. Who's Rabbi Tarfon and Hachamim? If a shortam doesn't gore in Rishut Rabim, but enters onto my property and attacks my dog on my property, how much does it pay? Nezek Shalem or Hatsi Nezek? According to the Bitarfo, Nezek Shalem. According to Hachamim, Hatsi Nezek. That's the Mahlok in here between the Bilaz and Hachamim. Only because it's your property is a Nezek Shalem, yet that's the case. Say it again. It's only because of the location 
Correct. It's only because it's on my property that it's Nezik Shalim. Correct. Which complicates things in a moment, but we're going to hopefully conclude this here. Uh, as the Gemara again, so the, the situation then is another circumstance, not of, these are, these are becoming our plugins, right? Not of Sumchus versus Hachamim. Everybody agrees like Sumchus. And you can't prove anything about Migufo or Minha Aliyah. Uh, what is the Mah- Why the Gemara says that is an important question. It has to do with the Gemara and Dafyotet. Why doesn't everyone agree like Hachamim? The point is, you're saying it has nothing to do with a sirorot of regel. Okay, but the issue over here, says, uh, says Rava, or says the Gemara for Rava, is only when the animal enters onto my property and damages on my property, not by trampling, not by eating, but by goring. Goring, first three times, always half nezik. No, if it comes onto my property, it might be nezik shalem, according to the bitafon. Oh, that's the bilazar. Bilazar holds like a bitafon. Hachamim disagree. We're going to just introduce the last few lines in the Gemara, How because... Do you explain nezik shalem before that? If it's a case of rabbi, if, it, if it's a case of rabbi, if it's a hachamim. Because on your property, nezik shalem, why before? Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. I'm going I'm I'm to explain A.B.'s question before my introduction. Maybe I won't do my introduction. A.B. says, if this is the case, then it means the dispute between Rabbi Azar and Hachamim is the dispute of Rabbi Tarfon versus Hachamim. Says A.B., but fundamentally, this animal, you didn't say these words, but I'm saying it for you, this animal is a shor tam. If it's a shor tam, whoever heard of, excuse me, I'm sorry to scratch that, uh, this animal is paying full amount, according to the hachamim. How did we solve the issue? How did we solve the issue of paying migufo? The answer is, what's the answer to your question? At the end of the day, this animal is, no, no, it's a shor tam. It's a shor tam, just as Jared said, the only way, the only reason it's paying full amount is because it entered onto your property. Entered onto your property. Even Rabbi Tafon, who says, I'm bumping it up to full amount, is for some reason going to say, but only me go full. That's what's that's that's what the Gemara is. That's what's going to be the difficulty. And let me quickly articulate the difficulty and we'll we'll read this through. What's that? It could be Wow, that's what you meant. In my crazy situation where the animal's worth nothing, if it's an expensive animal, you're not necessarily worth worse off. Interesting, interesting point. Okay, let's briefly review before, okay, because we'll, we'll read this last part tomorrow and put it all together in the Gemara, but brief, briefly review, because it's important, the Gemara will assume we know this. What's the Mahlokar Bitafon Hachamim? How did we get to this? It goes as follows. The Torah says, if the animal gores three times in what we understand, the public area pays half amount, right? If it, go, if it gores a fourth time in the public area, after the warnings, it pays full amount. It says to Bitafon, let me understand this. That's in a public area. What about if it's in a private area. He says, let me make a kalva home. What's the kalva home? In a public area, what's the liability of shin and regal? My animal goes up and eats from your items in a public area? Zero. zero. If my animal uh, tramples your stuff in a public I area? Zero. Kirin is half. Goring is half. This means that kirin is more severe than shin and regal. Very nice. Now, in a private area, what's the halakha? In a private area, shen and regal is whole. What's kidding? You're going to tell me kidding is below it? Can't be below it. We're going to have to push it up to full amount. That's the bitarfon's kalva homer. To which the hachamim responds, just so you're aware, the hachamim responds to famous words, which we learned from the end of the parashat. Uh, they say, which means to say, 
we can't, what are we determining? We're, we're comparing the half nezik in Rashut Rabbim, and we want to know this animal in that place compared to this animal in this place. Well, over here it's the kal, over here it's the hamur. The suggestion is you can't bump up beyond that which you're learning from. What do I mean by that? I'm learning from the animal in the public area and trying to teach it laws to the animal in the private area. It can't be more severe without having a true proof for that. You need to come up, you need to quantify that. We'll return to this concept tomorrow that, that I'm going to turn it into full damage. The example, all right, well, we'll so come back to this one. You can't do a full fledged Kalma Homan, correct. All right.